Hello, good people. Welcome to The Chris Stefanik Show, the show that helps you find the joy that God made you for in the midst of everyday life. Don't miss us every week as we dive into real issues with real people and answer real questions. God bless you. My brothers and sisters. Man, it's so good to be with you guys. Oh, no, down here. Down here. All right, so um, <laughs> this, is, uh, this is not as planned. And very frequently, life is not as planned. Uh, I was going to be in studio today for a show, and my transmission died. So I'm in Arizona at an Airbnb, and my transmission was supposed to be ready last week. Instead of being ready last week, it was, uh, it, it, there, it was stuck at the shop. Okay, so got stuck at the shop, and then we're calling day after day. And it's not ready. It's not ready. It's not ready. So here I am in an Airbnb during uh, during the time I was supposed to be home. Um, you know, usually the Lenten sacrifices that I find myself making are not the ones I planned. I, I wanted to sacrifice candy. <laughs> God's always like, dude, I got a better Lent for you than you planned for yourself. You know, so uh, here's the thing, man. And, and our struggles and trials are usually handpicked by God for us for exactly what we need. And I don't believe we have a God who causes those trials, but steps back and allows them to happen with a plan for our sanctification. And I think I needed this to happen. All right, because not being in control and like, look, the other night when we got the call first that the transmission's not ready, uh, we're calling Airbnbs and it's, dude, it's spring break in Arizona. There's nothing. So here I am with with five people, three of them children, two dogs, thinking, I have no idea where I'm going to go tonight. Um, obviously, bring up thoughts of, you know, people who are actually suffering from that in a bigger way, like in the Ukraine, who are probably dealing with it with more grace than I am. But I'm thinking, I don't know where I'm going to go tonight. I, I don't know when my transmission is going to be ready. Frankly, I don't know when I'm getting home. Um, pouring out money. I mean, again, spring break, you got to have a large Airbnb for a large family with two dogs. And uh, it just costing us tons of money that I didn't plan on. And it, and it, it enlightened me to the fact that I'm really not comfortable when I'm not in control. I hate it. Which, you know, it, it, it opens my eyes to the fact that I'm not quite as holy as I thought I was. <laughs> I mean, there's this ideal that we have of ourselves. We learn about the things of God. And sometimes we feel like we're great saints. And then God's like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow a little trial into your life. And it opens my eyes to like, oh, wow. So I feel like I'm not in control. And then pretty quickly, I'm, I'm a jerk. And, uh, and I'm really, really struggling. Lord, just take this. I give it to you. Uh, let's, let's, let's stack on top of that. During all this happening, there's a major um, conflict that blows up in my life with a, with a publishing company that I had worked with uh, over some old contract thing that, uh, anyway, I'm not going to go into the details of that. but. Uh, corporate greed works its way into the church. There's no question about that. Uh, on top of that, I have a, a trip I had to take to Wichita for a men's conference. And then during my layover, my, my flight is canceled to the next morning. I ended up literally running onto the stage from the time I land. And I mean, all, all this, all this is like, Chris, you're not in control like you thought you were. You're not, in, you're not there's a difference between you and God. God never thinks he's you right? And I, I think I needed to hear that from the Lord. I think that's a really good lesson. So how is God blessing you this Lent? I want to hear it. 
Uh, you can send your your uh, your comments and also your questions. I'm just going to open the floor up right now because obviously I'm not in studio for an interview. And a lot of people have said, Chris, I'd love to just do some Q&A with you. So text your questions to 720-650-0100. 720-650-0100. And, uh, and we can spend this time answering you. Uh, but listen, so, uh, so God's leading me on this Lenten journey. And I just want to share with you a little bit of how it's purifying my soul. So one, it's, it's, it's showing me that, that I'm not in control of my life on a deeper level, and that's a good thing for me to realize. Uh, but two, the lesson of surrender. Look, I talk a lot about joy. If you want to have a joyful life when things are out of your control, you have to learn how to surrender. And this beautiful prayer that I've been leaning into this week is, uh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. You take care of everything. Jesus, I surrender myself to you. You take care of everything. And it helps me to, to lean into to that prayer, to lean into, sorry, you can hear my dog squeaking his toy at my feet. Would you get out of here, Glasgow? Get, get gone. And to lean into gratitude and to think of what I'm grateful for, to put myself in the right headspace. Because I can't change my circumstances, but I can change me in the midst of my circumstances. And, and I've been meditating on, on again, the, the connection of surrender to enjoying your life. There is a, there's a powerful image in sacred scripture that ties in very well to Lent and very well to me being stuck in the desert with my family and not sure when I'm getting home, 40 years maybe, <laughs> right? I think of the people of God wandering through the desert and God sent them manna. Now, I want you to meditate on this when you feel out of control, all right? And when, when it ruins your peace and your ability to enter into the moment, God sent his people manna. So his people were slaves, but... They were comfortable slaves. They were working hard. They were working to the bone, but they got meat. They knew where their bed was. They knew where the next meal was going to come from. They go into the desert, and instead of relying on the Pharaoh to give them their next meal, instead of having a comfortable bed, they were constantly on the move. They were displaced, and every day they had to rely on God to send manna from heaven. They woke up, and there was this stuff that they called manna in the fields that was like little bread crisps for them to eat. Sounds like the Eucharist, right? It's an image setting us up for the, the food on the journey to heaven. And God commanded them to only gather enough for that day. And if they tried to control their lives, plan ahead and gather enough for the next day, unless they were preparing for rest on the Sabbath, the manna that they gathered as they tried to control their lives and gather enough food for tomorrow would rot. So much of what I do to try to reach ahead and control every aspect of my life, of my work, of my business, of my finances, of my, 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 as if I was God. So much of what I do when I reach ahead, it's not fruitful. It just rots. And it's all for naught. Hey, kids, keep it down. I'm doing a live show. Sorry. Thank you. Love you. Look, I can't promise this is going to go well at all. There might be an explosion in the background. Uh, but that's exciting. Keep, keep, keep watching for that reason. I want you to think of, of uh, the, this image. Lean into this with me. And then I've literally been meditating on this. So there were families who were freaking out when they were wandering through the desert. They heard God's going to provide the manna for tomorrow, only gather enough for today. And they didn't listen. They tried to control things. So they were wandering around, gathering, 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 and they looked stressed out all the time. I want you to really think about that family. Think about what they looked like. Think about the stress and the strain on the dad's face, wandering through the desert. I don't know where I'm going to sleep tomorrow. I'm gathering this manna. And then think conversely of the family with faith. 
they were sitting by their tent in the desert around a fire. They had gathered enough manna for the day and they just relaxed together. They were laughing. They were enjoying their kids. Dude, that's the family I want to be. <laughs> like I said, I've been, this week's been a real serious struggle for me. All right. Um, and it illuminates that I'm not that, that guy. I'm not that family. But I can be. You know, and, and while I'm stuck here, out of control, I, I can't control all the events of my life. But I can control, am I going to be that guy that says, God has got me for today? He's going to provide for what I need for today. And I'm going to smile and be the source of joy for my family and enjoy my wife and enjoy my kids. Or am I going to waste this golden opportunity? And the kids will look back and think, dad was just a total stressed out mess of angst and anxiety, right? You can't control your circumstances. So whatever you're going through today, whether it's whether you're dealing with bad medical reports, financial problems, uh, whether there's some business uh, conflict that you're, you're facing right now, whatever the heck it is you're going through, right here, right now, if you're the kind of person that says, Jesus, I surrender myself to you, you take care of everything, I'm telling you, that doesn't just make you holy, that enables you to enjoy the day in the midst of the chaos. Can I encourage you to lean into that meditation with me? Amen. All right, friends, I have, I have some questions coming in. All right, how do you discern God's will for your life as an individual and as a family? Okay, what a fantastic question. How do I discern God's will for my life? Listen, God very rarely breaks directly in and speaks in supernatural ways. Uh, I think of St. Teresa of Avila. Uh, she directly heard the voice of Jesus. She saw visions of him. That's incredibly rare. But even she having experiences like that, advised people never go into prayer without spiritual reading. You see, God's most ordinary way to speak to us is through very ordinary means. He knows who he's talking to. He's intelligent enough to do that. He's God, right? If I'm going to become a missionary and go to a foreign country, I'm going to learn the language of those people, speak to them in a way they can understand. All right, God is not asking us put up spiritual antennas and try to listen to me, tune into the right frequency. No, he, he says, I'm going to speak to you as you can understand. So one of the most basic ways is through spiritual reading, through your Bible. Open up the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then you develop a spirit that learns how to listen to the voice of God in your life. He speaks to you through that. He speaks to you through experiences in your life, right? We, we do what's prudent and what's before us as we try things out. I had no idea that I was called to the ministries that I've, I've been involved in. I, I thought I was going to be like, I want to be Scott Hahn. That was my goal as a kid. God was calling me, uh, ironically, to just be myself and not to be someone else and what I envisioned them doing for the church, right? But I, I tried things out and that's how I discovered it. You, you know, it, when you try things out, where your gifts and... Uh, somebody's at the door. Hey, kids, can you get the door? Sorry. Where your gifts and the needs of the world intersect is, is where God is calling you, right? You try things out. So you read his word and you meditate. You try things out. You ask people for advice. And while you're doing all that, you're going to hear the small, still voice of God speaking to the depths of your soul. And sometimes that might come, as St. Teresa of Avila experienced, through this direct voice from heaven or from a vision. Usually it's not. All right. Um, Next question, why does being out of control seem to kill our joy? 
Who was that? Oh, okay. Uh, keep the dogs in. Shut the door. Okay, I can't right now. I got. Give me ten minutes. I'm gonna. I'm gonna zoom show. Can you get the dogs in? They're probably talk, calling about the dogs being outside. Okay. So, um, <laughs> why? Okay, sorry. I had an emergency. It happened at the front door. Sorry. Hold on a second. I don't know if you can hear that, but the gas line broke across the street. So I might literally explode while doing this. How does being, how does that, that um, being out of control seem to kill our joy? Well, guys, a great question. I've been reflecting on this a lot this week. I think fear, fear takes your peace away and you can't have joy without peace. Why does, why does fear creep in? When you're and why does fear kill your your peace? When you're afraid that something might happen to you, when you when you're um, gosh, if someone's for instance, someone's someone's in a battle with you, it's going to lead to fear if you're afraid of what they can take from you, what they can do to you. If you make a decision like I'm not going to be afraid of this person, you can kill my body, but you can't kill my soul. Um, I, in in the depths of my soul, I'm at peace with God. You know, uh, if, you, if you resist that fear, I'm, I'm writing a book on this right now, which is that's kind of exciting. If you resist the fear, the protective layer of anger goes away, the angst goes away, uh, and then you can have peace, which is the, with the perfect soil for, for joy to grow in. So we got to keep surrendering, man. That's, that's absolutely key. And, and I, th I think, too, of, of, of the Beatitudes, right? Th there's a word, makarios, that Jesus used when he described Blessed are you, happy are you in the Beatitudes. And makarios was a word that was used uh, and it was attributed to the Greek gods. They're so beyond human need and want and anything that people might be afraid of that they have makarios. They're so blessed. They're beyond, they're next level. And Jesus turned everything on its head when he said, blessed are the poor, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are you when they persecute you. He wasn't saying you're gonna have that kind of happiness when you have the status and wealth of the gods. The greatest gain that people perceive in things like wealth is that they will have no fear of need and want. Jesus was saying, look, even when you don't have the stuff, give up your fear attached to need and want. Your heavenly father cares for you. Then you're makarios. You're as stoked as the gods, <laughs> even with nothing. So he's, he's saying, let's bypass the entire a pro human project of trying to succeed and achieve the status that ultimately enables us to control so that you'll be happy. No, no, achieve that happiness by giving up the control. Man, sorry, that's, that's, I've been meditating on this stuff all week, so I'm glad for your question. Um, speaking of Arizona, how do you pull off a family vacation for seven plus people? Oh, dad works hard. <laughs> and two dogs. You know, um, 
that, that's another thing with surrender. When you have a large family, there's incessant, constant chaos around you. And if, if, I'm, if I have the mind that I'm going to control all the chaos, it's a joyless vacation, man. You know, but if I give up <laughs> and uh, something next door might blow up or whatever, um, you know, then I can have the joy of the Lord. Oh, I got time for a few more questions. Shoot me one, brother. Okay, good. It's coming in. Sorry, my, my, uh, my, okay. Getting through obstacles, I sometimes can't tell what solves the problem best, luck, prayer, or plan. Uh, I would say there's, there's uh, the prayer and the plan together. Again, listen, God works through natural means. We pray, and then he's going he's gonna to give us very frequently, he's going to answer the prayer by giving us the prudence and the clear-headedness to take the right steps. You know, so here I am in Arizona. I'm not just going to pray. I am going to pray, however. Now, listen, this is kind of ironic. There's this, there's this religious sister. I, I emailed her, and I'm like, listen, I know you pray for me every day. Um, this past week has been pure chaos. And guys, the things I told you that, that have been hitting me this past week, it's only part of it. Uh, I said, this is, it feels like I'm getting pummeled. And she said, oh, dang. I, I usually do deliverance prayers for you every day, and I forgot since last Wednesday. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> I'm going to send you the bill, sister, right? <laughs> so there, there's that, there is a spiritual reality. There's no question. And, and God really does answer prayers. And I'll tell you, like grandma praying those rosaries and the religious sister praying, they're accomplishing more for your life than you would ever guess or imagine. Behind the scenes, quietly keeping the world turning. Uh, but, but there's also the action. You know, so I asked the sister to pray for me. Then I, I do research and I take my car to a body shop. All right, now, there's the, there's the uh, primary actor in all things, then there's the, then there's the secondary causes, right? There's, um, there's God, who's the primary actor behind human history, but then there's us doing our thing. And if we, you can't make a distinction between the two and think God has therefore nothing to do with what I did. Uh, Governor Cuomo, he very proudly said that, that we, we, we helped fix the COVID crisis. God didn't do that, we did. I think you're misreading how the whole God thing works. God is not uh, an actor on the stage of creation competing with us for center stage. He is existence in itself. And St. Paul says, in him, we live, we move, and have our being. So while I take the steps uh, to get the transmission fixed, it is God who gave me this world, life, breath, and intellect to take those steps, the help that I need, um, the mind that invented the car, all these things come from the mind of God. So while I take those steps, it is also therefore right for me to say, thank God, when I get my car back, hopefully today. Um, how can we help people who seem to have lost their joy amid the chaos? Listen, um, and this is probably the last question I got time for. Um, how can we help people who seem to have lost their joy in the midst of the chaos? I love that question. There's a lot of times when things get really bad in life. You can, hear, you can probably hear the sirens behind me going to the house that has a gas leak behind me please god don't let the blow up during the show though you know if it's gonna blow up it would be really good it'd be my, my one of my biggest viral videos of all time um you know when things are really bad you just have to go back to the basics of faith and i and i wish there was more complicated answers you know if a friend tells me i got a bad medical diagnosis man i got cancer whatever the heck's going on lord i believe help my unbelief it's one of my favorite prayers in sacred scripture Faith is the answer because it reminds you that you're not alone. 
You have a heavenly father who cares for you. I mean, the devil enters into every one of those crises and trials, just like the devil attacked Jesus in the desert during his fasting of 40 days, uh, trying to, to help us forget who we are in God and that we have a heavenly father who cares for us. And the devil's playbook is not very big. He doesn't have many options. He's not creative. He's not a creator. He's a, he's a destroyer. You know, so we approached Jesus and he said, if you're the son of God, turn the stone into bread. If you're the son of God, if. So this is the same playbook he's got with you. Every time some trial or crisis comes up, he wants to shake your very, the foundation of your faith and say, if your heavenly father cares for you, if you're a child of God, as if he was going to get the devil, to, the devil was going to get Jesus to forget, give me a break. But he does get you to forget too frequently. When things get rough, you go back to that basic faith. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Encourage people who, who are lost in the chaos to just lean into faith. Your heavenly father does care for you. And though the events of life seem like pure chaos, you are not alone in them. Anyway, I love you guys. Looking forward to, uh, to next week. Uh, look, I, we, we have so much cool stuff going on. I got another uh, comment. Thanks to Roland, even though I got stuck. Yeah, it can't, yeah, yeah, man, guys, I can't wait to be back in the studio. I really love you guys. It's been a gift to be with you. Thanks for sharing the moment of chaos with me. I'm sorry if this show came out as kind of messy, but my life is extremely messy today. But even today, the smile I got, <laughs> I got on is not fake. Uh, and Christian joy doesn't come from pretending everything's okay. We don't have a fake painted smile. That's not how Christian joy works. It's from remembering that we are loved perfectly, even when life is chaos. And I love you guys. Thanks for being with me. Man, wasn't that great? Listen, if you don't want to be happy, be sure not to subscribe. But if you want a more joyful life, the kind of life that God created you for, the kind of life Jesus promised when he said, I came to give you life to the full, then make sure you hit subscribe and share this channel with everybody you know.